Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. Hi, it's March 28, 2019. My name is Sophie Will, and I'm the managing editor. And my name is Abigail Freeman, and I'm the assistant managing editor. And today we're talking about the college admission scandal. You know, who in college has not heard of this? But basically, if you haven't, um, a lot of really rich people have paid for their kids to get into colleges or have paid people to take standardized tests for their kids, go on and on on the the list of things that are happening. Um, However, in Boston, within this next week, Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman and their families are scheduled to appear here in the U.S. District Court here in Boston. So we thought that'd be great to talk about it. And also, we did a piece on this this week, right? Yes. One of our reporters and my roommate, Lexi Peary, did an audio piece that I think brings up some interesting arguments about the systemic flaws in college admissions to begin with. Um, Here's the intro, and then we'll play a clip from her piece. It says, a high school student, a college sophomore, and a professor of education react to the college admissions bribery scandal, highlighting the systemic flaws in higher education that favor privileged applicants and discourage people of color from successfully applying or applying at all. Great. Here's Lexi Perry's piece. The latest college admissions scandal doesn't come as a huge surprise, but inherently, higher education favors rich students. Many schools focus on standardized test scores to get in, which puts students who don't understand the system or can't afford prep classes and tutoring at a disadvantage from the get-go. John Lee is a 10th grader at Boston University Academy. Here's his response to if he's taking standardized test prep classes. Nah, I don't really do that because it's so expensive and it's free to just study by yourself using library books. Standardized test prep classes and tutoring aren't illegal, but it doesn't help students who don't understand the higher education system. Dia Rabin is a sophomore in the College of Communication She says it's hard to say students should or shouldn't get help with applying to colleges, though. Half of it is, you know, if you can get help, get it. Um, And the other half is if it's a standardized test, why wouldn't we just take it the first time without ever seeing it and that be the bar? Jerry Whitmore is a professor at the Wheelock School of Education at Boston University. His area of expertise are higher education and administration and access. Whitmore says as a first-generation student of color, He experienced many disadvantages with standardized testing and paying for college, but his experience and students' experiences today aren't necessarily new. The admissions scandal that we see today has been playing out since we started, you know, higher ed. You know, women were not afforded the opportunity to go to school. Minorities, black students, we were not afforded to be here, so we're just, this is, 2019, and it's an issue today, but it has always been an issue as to who we afford the opportunities for um, higher ed. High tuition and low admission rates send messages to students who don't understand the system. Whitmore says schools need to evaluate what message they're sending students that are looking at applying. They're going to see tuition is extremely high. They're going to say that we're selective, so they're already thinking that they cannot get in. So these are the things that are already going to turn off certain students in um, the application process. For WTVU, I'm Lexi Peary. Um, I think, you know, just this argument that standardized tests maybe shouldn't be a thing at all mm-hmm. um, is worth looking into because mm-hmm. basically 
you know, there are these classes and tutors that teach students how to take the standardized test. Mm -hmm. um, and I was one of them. I mean, I, I took a class in high school that taught me how to take this test well and different strategies with how to answer questions and things like that. And I completely recognize that that is something that I had access mm -hmm. to that, you know, a lot of people do not. Um, who knows if I would have even gotten into BU without it. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you think about these points that Lexi brought up? Yeah. And I mean, I personally went through that myself. I did not get to take the classes or read the books because I was from an impoverished lower middle class family from the middle of America. And so I had to teach myself and I had to look on the internet and um, just study with my friends, which was a lot harder. Um, and given I also did have privilege being a white woman, um, but it was still really hard to try to get into college um, with the score that I had. Yeah. Um, my score was the my score was the last score that BU would accept. And so I kind of just thought it was going to be okay. And I applied early decision to give me that upper hand. But applying to college with a lower score and not having the ability to um, like secure that yeah. higher score. Yeah. Right. And say, you know, I was doing really well in all of my other facets of my life but it didn't matter because my score wasn't great um and that made me feel you know really dumb and really yes. like I wasn't intelligent I wasn't trying hard enough um when really like that's not the case at all um and it's frustrating it really is and I think you know when you think of the word standardized test it it means that we all should ideally be starting from the same starting point mm -hmm. Um, and that's just not the case when you have these classes and tutors available mm -hmm. at a high price. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Lexi's article brings up a, an even bigger question of, you know, students who are disadvantaged, whether it's their income, the color of their skin, um, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, like, is it even worth it for them to to take this on, this college admissions process, mm -hmm. when you have so much stacked against you? Um, and I think it's a valid question to ask, mm -hmm. but also it's upsetting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's the reason why we have things like affirmative action and hopefully, you know, things like that help, but they're facing a larger mountain to climb than we would ever Mm -hmm. have to even think about um is it worth it yes because being the first a first generation college student is an experience and an opportunity and a way to you know make your legacy in a way that um is so impactful to the rest of your family i think it's incredible uh the people that that do that and are first generation college students but it's unfair that they have to um, put up with so much and um, go against so many more barriers because of where they come from or how much money their family has um, or the color of their skin. And so when things like this come out, I mean, the only thing that I have against me was I came from a very poor family and um, things like this came out. It was so frustrating because I worked so hard. I had so many jobs in, call in high school, um, saved up a lot of money and, and money to pay for college has always been crazy. If I did not have the scholarship and grants at BU, I wouldn't even be able to come here. Right. Um, you know, money is such a huge consideration in my life that 
wouldn't be a consideration in any of these people's lives, obviously. So um, I think anything more than anything else, it, this is just infuriating in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that's why there are so many layers to the outrage and outpouring of just uh, maybe even anger with mm-hmm. this story because um, – you know, the system was broken to begin with, but mm-hmm. then these people are just further exploiting the, I guess, um, elitist process. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot to think about. And it's a lot for us to take into consideration when we as students are reporting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that we as college students can approach this? Um, I know that... A lot of classes and a lot of buns writers specifically are trying to take Boston angles on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you think that we as students should pay attention to how we're approaching it so that this bias doesn't come through? Yeah, and I obviously I think that we do have a bias and every single one of us if we came from a very wealthy family with all of the privilege or if we came from, you know, the opposite. Um, it's very hard to be a student in the middle of this and try not to be biased. Um, how to handle it? I think everything that you write has to, you know, do an objective check, which is something that I like to do on every single one of my articles, but maybe do two or three objective checks on, on an article yeah. about this, where, um, you know, every sentence you write, every adjective that you use, um, every descriptor that you use, kind of just say... You know, would somebody on the street also feel this way about it? Would another person with a different life experience um, read the situation the same? Because we as journalists have this really great opportunity to interpret the world around us and give that to the public as an interpretation that they, they'll never be able to experience some of the things that we can. Um, and so with this scandal, it's... Um, it's infuriating and it's hits so close to home. And so I think that because of that, we have to be extremely careful of how our perspectives might um, shift how we report on this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, our BUN staff does a pretty good job of checking each other. Mm-hmm. And um, throughout our coverage of this, we certainly will be looking out for fresh takes on it and you know mm-hmm. localized perspectives but we I think have to be especially careful with this issue just because right. it I I think it affects everyone in one way or another right. um, but for us a lot of us have worked I mean I, I think it's safe to say that any student at BU um, and especially journalism students have worked very hard to get into this journalism program and mm-hmm. be here today so um you know, we we have to be mindful of how we're shaping this narrative as it continues. Right. And absolutely. And, you know, the conversations I've had about this in classes um, has usually started with the professor saying, like, did you guys hear about this? And it's like, yes, of course we heard about it. Yeah. Are any of us surprised? <laughs> no. And that's, exactly. that's what's really devastating is we all kind of assume this is how the world works. And um, another one of the great things about being a journalist is questioning Uh, the very foundations of how we think the world Mm -hmm. works. Um, Because I know that I thought, and a lot of people that, you know, in the classes I've talked about this, have also thought that that's just how, that's how it goes. If you have a lot of money, you either 
donate a lot of money um, beforehand, do a little favors. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very popularized and it's it's accepted in a, in a lot of circles. Um, and I think, you know, the local angle that you were talking about, not only are they being prosecuted here in Boston um, yeah. at the U.S. District Court, but so many Boston schools were a part of this. Um, and so to see this all come hit really close to home in a town that is filled with so many colleges and so many college students, I think the entire town is kind of, um, I wouldn't say shaken, but more um, aware as to how things are starting to change and how people are starting to speak up about injustices and how we as journalists can have a hand in that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I I think the difference between like this scandal and just the common knowledge of the college admissions process prior to this is mm-hmm. the deceit that's yes. involved. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're all aware of donations that can be made, um, you know, mm-hmm. by putting your name on a building or building a statue in the middle of campus or whatever right. it may be. But um, there's just you know an amount of deceit that cannot be ignored. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's what makes this so newsworthy at this time and why there's such great national interest in it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I I look forward to how we all can report on it in unique ways. Yeah, that's all we have for this week. So thank you so much for tuning in and join us at our pitch meeting tonight at 6.30 p.m. in room 321. Make sure to visit our website at bunewservice.com and send us an email at bunewservice at gmail.com. And until next week, this has been Between the Bylines. Thank you.